This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to your Making It Worse. We're here, we're queer, who cares? I'm Elliot Glazer. And I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. Textual Healing. So everyone probably knows CPAC, which is a yearly conference of the craziest right-wingers <laughs> in the country. Um, well, this year it just happened like uh, last week and it was, as always, filled with hate. Um, but in particular this year, it was really primarily targeted towards trans people. Um, so let's see, right-wing commentator. <laughs> not, Michael, let's, sorry, not toward, at. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Specific, it was particularly yeah. focused Point, on. Pointedly directed at yeah. the, the trans community. Right-wing commentator Michael Knowles of the Daily Wire said that, quote, transgenderism must be eradicated from public life entirely and that it would be, quote, good for the society. Yeah. And of the reliably outrageous Marjorie Taylor Greene falsely claimed that puberty blockers cause permanent damage and promised to once again introduce legislation to criminalize the provision of gender affirming care to minors. And uh, Donald Trump also boasted of banning, quote, transgender insanity from the U.S. military. But didn't, um, that, didn't that not even happen? That ended up not happening, right? What? That the, the ban of transgender people in the military, that that. Either I I think he signed an executive order. It was an executive if, if order, I, and then Biden overturned it. Biden, yeah, overturned yeah, it. Biden right. overturned yeah. it. And um, we could also add just to to this because this wasn't just yeah. CPAC. This was also in light of right now a slew of laws that are going through. One got shot down in Arkansas, but one is being pushed through in Tennessee that will go into effect April first. That will ban a whole <laughs> slew of marginalized people from basically being in public. And it's and there's another one I think in Florida, another one in South Dakota. They're happening all over the country and. It's a it's a big, 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 big issue right now that's affecting uh, a, a large swath of the queer community. Mm -hmm. You know, I yeah. always roll my eyes because I'm like, I hear you guys say over and over again. It's like it's not about the personal. It's just like their version of virtue signaling. And it's just about politics and appeasing a base and whatever. And th but then it actually comes to fruition and you see these things happen. And it's like. It is really, it is really scary when it becomes real and seeing yeah. um, that guy, Michael Knowles, seeing that clip of him saying transgenderism must be eradicated over and over. How could that not he be said denied? Which he then, he then clarified, I'm not, I don't right. give this asshole any credit, but he then clarified saying transgenderism, not transgender people needs right. to be eradicated. So he don't know what the difference is. <laughs> exactly. There is no difference. But, but it's just so chilling to see. It's chilling to yeah. see in real time at the, at CPAC. CPAC is CPAC has become just such a wild yeah, insanity. It's a joke. But also they're and, liars in that like, you know, Trump's standing up there saying he had a massive audience and then you look at a picture and it was half the audience. So like they're all fucking liars and it's all a, a smoke and mirror show of let's see who can bark the loudest. That's literally what it is. But yeah. the scary thing about it from this is that there is real things happening. I I am hoping 
that this is literally just a presidential election year, you know, culture issue that they're focusing on in order to get votes. And it will go away when these people go away, or if God forbid, like DeSantis or Trump or one of them becomes president, that they'll move on to something else. And these will become the laws like donkeys crossing the street, basically, that are 100 years old, that no one enforces, that are stupid, because they these laws are quite literally laughable in that if some if a fucking clown drives to a show for a party they could get like a citation or get pulled over by a cop for dressing possibly in a feminine way or whatever it is like uh-huh. there, there are so many elements to these laws that are just but even more so for transgender people who beyond drag performers who they should be able to perform and, and cabaret performers and everyone should be able to perform but trans people specifically trans women and trans women of color every single fucking day will be subjected in states like this with laws like that are happening in Tennessee to possible legal enforcement just because of the way they appear or the way a police officer thinks they appear and it's yeah. frightening yeah it's fundamentally disturbing um i think the the to me the only silver lining is i i i feel like the playbook when it comes to social issues over the last 20, 30 years has been the crazier people get, the more open-minded the majority of the rest of the country becomes yeah. um, about matters such as this. So it's it's sort of my hope that this is this is, you know, their their Fred Phelps moment in a way, you know, uh, and that we will look back on this not not even in the distant future, but in the near future and 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 yeah. scoff at how you know ab- absurdly oppressive a lot of these laws are. And if you want, because right now the big call to action is in Tennessee, but there's a there's a lot of organizations and a lot of people pushing to help LGBTQIA people in Tennessee to be able to just do their have a job. I mean, so many trans women are hard drag yeah. artists, and that is the only source of employment that they can get, even in states like Tennessee, because of discrimination in the workforce in Tennessee. Yeah. So it's it's just so much is being robbed from them if this goes through so we'll put in the show notes i'll add some links to different organizations where things are people are actually going out to help which is great good it's just a way i mean good. again it's just you, it's- you i told alan to do that so he's gonna do it <laughs> <laughs> not even joking we are joined today by christy cello not kello not cello cello you nailed it. That was perfect. Hi, everyone. Hey. I'm so happy to be here. Hey, Christy, thanks so much for doing the podcast. So funny. I have to ask you the first thing, which you probably get all the time when people see your stand-up sets or see you perform <laughs> or act or anything. I have to ask you about your voice. Your voice is so <laughs> unique, and it is so a part of your comedy. Do like. I mean, I I know it's not a forced voice, but do people think it's like a fake voice that you're putting on? Oh yeah, all the time. I mean, my natural, like this is, this is my natural voice when I'm talking. When I go on stage, I definitely heighten it. a little yeah. bit, yeah. A hundred percent. So like it is, like I think if you watch any of like my videos, like stand up videos, yeah. I I heighten it a bit, but it is, it is, you know, it's naturally pretty quirky. And it's funny because both of my sisters, sound very similar oh, really interesting yeah it's, i have no idea why it's from? strange where are you from, from rhode island oh curveball okay it's not you a know, or an island <laughs> it's a, uh it's it's funny because you sort of sound like this singer i really like there's this french canadian singer who goes by the name Kerr de pirate so 
I think it's Heart oh, Pirate Hearts or something. <laughs> and she has this voice that literally when she sings, especially live, she sounds like a 12-year-old, but in a just a such a beautiful way. Like she has a very distinct voice. And so yeah, you both sound very similar. I love that. Thanks. Yeah, yeah I really like it. I used to hate it for a long, long time, but yeah. now now I like it. Yeah. But it's funny though, because once you, you know. When you talk to me more, you it's you'll really forget about it. You know, like yeah, my friends, my partner, oh, yeah. they're just like it, it doesn't. But yeah, but it is interesting. It's funny, like when I'm mad, mm-hmm. you know, at somebody. Oh yeah, it doesn't. It like? just I want to hear you say adorable. every curse word. Every like, you <laughs> fucking piece of shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but it is an asset with comedy because like in a weird way, and I find I think a lot of stand-ups do this, that if you do have a unique voice or, or when you get angry, your voice kind of changes or whatever it is, it actually like enhances the joke sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, especially with you, who you have yeah. this very sort of like, I mean, forgive me, but like a kindergarten teacher type voice. And then all of a sudden <laughs> you talk about like, you know, you say fuck or something and everyone's like, Bleh. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I think that was like, Definitely starting out, I learned really quickly that to say anything that was like controversial or filthy or raunchy with this voice would get a laugh. But it's sort of like, I think where I'm at now is, to be honest, I I think I've evolved past it. Like, I, it, that's like the lowest hanging fruit, you know? It's like, yeah, it'll be funny if I say a bad word because no one would expect it, but... I think that's kind of the most you can go with that. Yeah, it's almost yeah. like a party trick when it's just like that. Yeah. Um, so now it's, I try not to acknowledge it anymore. I really don't. It's it's kind of a cheat. I don't know if like sometimes when yeah. people do musical comedy, that isn't as in not glorious singing like Elliot, but like musical no, stand-up. No, Chris, Chris is musical and has a yeah, great yeah, yeah. voice. And Thank yeah. you, Elliot. Uh, and yeah, but like sometimes like there's a cheat to it where like if you rhyme you know, if you just rhyme, uh, people like the crowd will laugh like exponentially harder. Uh, it's just, it just works, you know? Yeah. 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 So speak, I think it's speaking, interesting. I was going to say, speaking of music, you've done uh, a show, a couple of shows about um, like divas, um, yeah. battle, battling of the divas. What yeah. went into that and who are some of your favorite divas? Because clearly, I mean, it is a very queer subject. And so, um, <laughs> You're curious who your favorite divas are because ours tend to be a little bit off center. Oh my gosh, I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Now I want to hear what you're Oprah. about. So yeah, uh, I love. Oprah. Oh I my god. Prince go to diva for me is. <laughs> you know, it's funny because, like, oh, I think it's such a loaded question because it's like favorite is too tricky because it's like. In terms of favorite divas, it's probably like Mariah Carey because she's so fucking out of control and diva-like. But like in terms of like, who do I think is the most talented? That's a whole, or who's the better singer? Like it's, it? it's so who loaded. Is, I mean, who is it? I, I'm eager to know now. Who do you think? Well, I think greatest singer, Whitney Houston. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say Whitney yeah. Houston. What a beautiful voice. Yeah. I but think of all time. What's the, is there a difference between the best singer and most talented? Yes, because I, I for me... I like a showman. I like a performer. You're gonna say so, like, Jennifer I'm, Lopez, aren't you? You're gonna say Jennifer no, Lopez. No, no, but I, I get that though. Like I'm not I mad know. at J Lo when she performs. I loved her halftime show. Mm-hmm. Um, I like a sh- like I, I, I like Britney Spears when she was. She in dances. Her era. She dances a lot, right? I, yeah. She spins. 
yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. sugar the girl loves to spin. Yeah. Um, but you know, like Beyonce, like I like the singing and the dancing. I love yeah. Janet Jackson. Oh. I love, you know, I also love like the diva ish of like uh, Celine Dion. Yeah. I, yeah, I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't say Celine Dion. I think yeah. that she's we such all would a diva. Be remiss if you didn't say Celine Dion, Dion is like, I mean, she's one of my high time divas. She does. Like, is she? Literally, that that clip of her going peanut butter jelly, peanut butter jelly, peanut butter jelly. I mean, it's crazy. It just it is just it lives in my head weekly. <laughs> she is crazy, and I love her. And Liza Minnelli, who I think it's her birthday today, uh, which I don't okay. know when this is yes. going to come out, but I yeah. think today. As Liza's of this birthday. recording, March twelfth, it is Liza's birthday. Yeah, I, th- I think that was on CNN. I think that was at the top of CNN today. <laughs> I, I, will, right? I will actually. I, love I will Liza. I will intervene here and say that I do not, have not, and seemingly will not ever understand Liza. That's and not surprising. Before everybody attacks me, listening. Let, let me <laughs> just say, saying that, Elliot. <laughs> let me just say, every, every everybody says you don't know you. You know you have to watch cabaret. All I know is when I see that woman and hear her <laughs> sing, I just hear someone shaking their voice. It's not singing. Yeah. It's yeah. like vib- it's like talking vibrato. And by the way, I love the. It's, it's like me B- singing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It yeah. sounds like she's making a joke, and I, for the life of me, so much more. I to don't. It. I so don't understand it. And I, for someone, hold on. Let me. So let me just listen. finish. I just gotta finish this thought. For some, of course, for some fucking weird reason, Instagram suggested <laughs> a video to me of. Liza in the audience at Ben Vereen's cabaret show and Ben Vereen is like singing some weird standard on stage but you don't even see him you just see Liza and they're doing like a dual back and forth duet and I literally I'm like oh my god is this I can't understand a word Liza saying because you you in particular will obsess over a deep cut that nobody else cares about and (laughs) because of that that is the ent- that is the entirety of Liza Minnelli's career. People obsessing yes. over deep cuts that nobody cares about, but yet mm. because nobody cares, everyone starts to care. You know, what yes. I know. Christy, Christy, you're a singer. Do you? Th- I'm sorry. Do you think yes. Liza Minnelli is a good singer? No, no. Okay, <laughs> but that's not what it's about. Like, that's not what it's about. Exactly, Christy. Exactly. But, but that's the, irrelevant. Reverence, the reverence though that she's treated with i'm like yeah. what am i missing i just hear like yeah it's like yeah, yeah. that's like that's an affect it's her, not a singing voice i yeah. saw her on broadway she was doing like a one woman <laughs> show in like the, I, I forget where and she it was all gay men in the audience and she said gay men and women and she said mama and literally you could hear you could physically hear every single gay man's asshole go (laughs) (laughs) you could just hear it it was (laughs) like she is just a character i think it's not about it's it's the mariah carey kind of element like she's the character she's who i'm buying into just her personality and Mm. what makes her a diva and how she presents herself and her in conversation and how big and just absurd like i I miss that era i'm here i'm I'm here for the i'm here for the liza minnelli gets married to david guest era where they had a reality (laughs) show anytime when (laughs) liza tries to pretend to be a normal human being from this planet i'm fascinated yeah but the rest (laughs) of the time i'm like where what where what is what galaxy is she from (laughs) christy i do have 
I do have a plot twist that is similar to Eliza because Eliza's full of plot twists. And when, I mean, I didn't know this about you, but like you teach at Sarah Lawrence, like you're like, you're an, you, you do education stuff with. Can you handle it? So I, uh, yes, I'm an educator. <laughs> and wow. which is, which is so funny because I didn't even go to college. <laughs> I, I did not go. And I, I, I sort of by accident years and years ago, I had a friend who taught this like weekend workshop at a college yeah. and I kind of somebody backed out I said I would do it and I love it and I've gone on to teach at a lot of different colleges and I started this organization uh I co-founded this organization called the laughter collective and we teach comedy and we're all about amplifying women and diversity and we have workshops and panels and it's it's amazing but I'm fascinated and I've studied a ton of, of comedy theory and you know why people laugh at what they laugh at as well as like the technique of joke writing as well as like the healing powers which is of, why, of laughter which, which i is think why is you understand liza minnelli i mean all yes. of you describe why you understand liza minnelli <laughs> yes exactly so i say all that to say liza is a diva now christy yeah. does that yeah. do, do you ever struggle when you because i do this i find that i have i have looked into like studies are like abstract breakdowns of why we laugh and it just yeah. starts it just starts fucking with my head not, and everything becomes so craft. obtuse um so like do you find that or, or do, like do you do you really dig in deeper and you just find it fascinating or do you have sort of the same reaction i do which is to kind of pull back and say it's best not to understand this <laughs> it's so funny i get that a hundred percent because that was my relationship with improv and the whole don't yeah. think just do it and i was like yeah. what of course How? i'm thinking yeah right. it's like what what am i saying like i was thinking of my scene before it yeah. being my scene. Of course. Yeah. Improv so is like, just rehearsal. That's all it is. Yes, it really is. It's like yeah. you're not fooling anyone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's really interesting. And I think it, you know, I am very, very fascinated by where it came from. And and I think what it, what's exciting about it now is I think that we're in this place where the the stand-up comedy is so different and it really now oh, is like yeah. whatever you want it to be yeah it's yeah. very experimental very it, it is so much broader it used to look like one thing you did it mm. this way and now it's not and you know what for better and for worse in a lot of ways right. it's been reduced to this bite-sized content on tiktok but in other ways it frees you to not be as concerned about the rules or is this stand-up am i doing this right so that's really yeah, cool it's, it's so varied now to the point where i think we were talking about the other day brent the idea that like in the 80s and 90s like the job was to go on stage pretend to be casual and just just go into topics yeah. and like yeah. in a way that almost feels precious now like god if only it were that i mean i guess when that happens now it's still feel maybe t the time has changed or comedy together or you know, maybe a combination of both, but everything feels a little bit more ironic and detached so that once somebody does that, it's, it, it's already kind of, it's already sort you're already sort of like handicapped from the gut from the get go, at least yeah. we are in like big cities. I don't know. I'm sure it's different at like, you know, for like carrot top or whatever, but you know, <laughs> in our world, I'm sure, but does do teaching, does it impact the way 
you then perform directly or do you try to separate the two? I'm sure it's impossible, but do you try to separate the two and think about what works creatively for you versus what you're teaching and learning? I think that I try to not put too much of my own personal opinions and my personal mm-hmm. bias into the teaching. I think I like to present as many options for students to understand so that they can like cafeteria style get yeah. what they like from it. Right. I think Cherry I think ultimately pick. that's yeah. And I think that also like I'm I'm a big proponent of like, you know, just authenticity and really sort of I like to to define my own relationship with stand up. Mm-hmm. And I'm very against a lot of the hustle culture and toxicity. Yeah. That's that's part of stand up. And so I, I'm a big advocate of of helping others find a way to do the kind of comedy they want to do in a way that's sustainable and makes them happy. Yeah. yeah. That's such a that's hard great. I think that's a tough I feel like I get asked a lot by like friends who maybe want to try stand up who've never done stand up. They ask like, "Oh, should I take a class or should I do these things?" And it's a I feel like it's a controversial discussion about can can stand up, specifically stand up comedy. But can stand up be taught or is it yeah. like an innate thing that then you get the rhythm of and you just sort of you process it? I what do you think? What do you guys all think? I don't think it can be taught. I think it's a, I think, I mean, just for my personal thing, I think there is, I think you can teach how, you can teach someone how to tell a joke, but mm-hmm. to make it feel authentic on stage, there's a, there's just a vibe that like you either, it reads or it doesn't. And I feel like that, 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 that vibe can't be taught, but I don't know. What do you guys I think? I get that. I mean, I think, I think oh, go ahead, Christy, please. Oh, no, I, I think that maybe a little bit of what Alton's saying is like that star quality, that it factor. That's a thing that's not tangible, right? That's something that is harder to teach. But I agree that how how you write a joke can be taught. And I teach it where where there's there's these sort of principles of, you know, honesty, a strong point of view and specificity so there are what i love to do and what i'm going to write a book about doing is finding tangible physical ways to to build the muscles that make doing that easier that make Mm. it more conversational like it's the difference between like oh i'm i want to be healthy so i'm gonna you know go to the gym and eat right well, you know, you're not unless you have a plan, right? What are you going to eat? What are you going to do at the gym? So it's like giving not ways in which we can, te- I do think mm-hmm. that it can be learned, the conversational, well, it the like you're confidence. Teaching, teaching people how to actually find their authentic self and project it yes. on stage in a way that's not artificial. Yeah, Absolutely. We've all everyone, seen that version. Yes. Yeah. I, I wish I said it like that, a hundred percent. Brent what, do you, Brent, what do you think? I'm curious. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I, I lean towards what Alan says, which is, you know, I think it's just sort of innate in some people that they can, that they can naturally do it. But on the flip side, some of the worst comedians I knew in New York are now very successful. So really, so absolutely, I can think oh. of a couple people who I would say weren't just bad, but were actually bad at performing. And they've sort of fumbled their way into different so you know, different jobs all over the industry. 
Um, but one of them I know literally headlines, and I thought of him as as truly like bottom ten percentile. Uh, I get that with a lot of TV oh, writers. Pretty rude, Brent. Pretty rude to talk I get that with me. a lot of TV <laughs> writers where they like. I mean, I I remember you know, performing with them in New York and like doing things, and then I see them like being showrunners for big shows or like even out here like writing on these massive shows, and I'm like, but you're not funny. I don't get what, well. Like, I what do people your... think? <laughs> See, to your point, to yeah. what, all, everything you guys have been saying, I think it's like, I firmly think that like you can teach somebody how to tell jokes, you can teach mm -hmm. somebody how the rhythm of jokes work, but I yeah. don't think you can inherently learn. I mean, Christy, I think what you're doing is probably the closest you can get to it, but I feel like yeah. I'm, I'm fascinated by people who try very, very hard to yeah. present themselves as fun and funny yeah. and jovial, and they, they are <laughs> trying so hard, and it's just not in their DNA. And so the, the guys know that I'm always fascinated yeah. with somebody performing on stage, or if you were to just look at their eyes, they look terrified, yeah. but the rest of them, they're trying to act like casual, and oh, it's yeah. like, Hi. you look like you're about to shit your pants just in your <laughs> eyes, you know? And that to me is like, you can't teach somebody really how to- That really is the essence of comedy in a lot of ways, of stand-up, is that, because it is, the, I mean, I don't feel like it's terrifying, but there is an element of like, kind of being, being at ease. Being at ease, fake being at ease, even though it's, yeah. it's fundamentally not something that is is something you is you can be at ease with, you know what I mean? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, makes, no, I, mean, I do get that. It's what make people, I mean, Brent, get ready. I'm going to shower you in compliments. But people <laughs> always call Brent the comics comic because yeah. when you watch someone like Brent on stage, he's so Natural. at ease to, to the point oh, that he looks guys. at people in the audience, looks them in the eye, which is terrifying to make, to like do jokes. Yeah. And you're like, it's like, that's, that is an ease oh. that. You it's, know what's fun it's really hard to come Christy, by. you would love this. Yeah. We're all, we're all stand-ups here. We all do comedy. Like we all get it. Like we all know comedy and how to do comedy and stuff, but my favorite, so I do drag outside of this and you don't know yeah. that, but these guys do. My oh, favorite. I know what you're going to say. My favorite is to go up to Elliot and Brent in a drag show. <laughs> and these two people who professionally stand on a stage and do weird shit and say weird shit and are so at ease when they do that, look like they are about to be murdered when I am just standing in front of them. They don't know what to do. This is this is Brent with a pretend this is money. And he, he literally would just hold out money. He won't put it anywhere. He won't hold it like this. Hand. He just holds it's very it like rigid. This. It's very rigid and uh, well, it's, it's Brent uh, like being a mannequin like, or something. And my money is going to be taken anyway. So I better, I might as well just hand but it. See, I might as well just hand it away. That's what makes the, I think, I think that's that right there is the core of why they're so great at comedy is because comedy and stand-up yes. have to be kind of weird people in the world yeah. so that then when they get on stage they process that weirdness through language through describing yeah. and people receive it you know and drag performers are some of the funniest people i know that i've ever seen i think that so much of stand-up now is pulled from a lot of what you see in drag especially because i got my star in this very weird way i did roast battles when they were i wanted to big. ask you about that yeah they were they, they had this they they were you know trend trend very yeah. trendy yeah back they in 20 like eight I don't know, 17 yeah. 18 yeah. and I, I i i was doing open mics i had done nothing and i because i love writing jokes so much i got very good at writing these roasty jokes and I'm very sweet so I did very very well and yeah. I went on to do the show and I remember the, you know they had this roast battle show on Comedy Central and at the time feeling like 
I, I asking people, why aren't drag queens a part of this? Because reading each other for filth is what they do, and they yeah. do it better than anyone. Yeah. I will say it now. I will say it more than any of the, you know, I and I used to be a big fan of of the big roasts on Comedy Central for sure. But drag queens, I think, are exemplary at doing. Well, you get that. like, I mean, you get like the Bianca Del Rio of it all. Like, mm -hmm. you know, those are like legends. But I think the 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 for me at least, in my in my opinion, I feel like the place where it gets twisted is that sometimes someone like Alan, when he's on stage as Sadie is effortlessly funny. It just, it just rolls right out of him because he's done comedy, yeah. but then you see other drag Queens. And I will say, I will admit to being biased years ago, at least. And I would very often be like, God, they just go to the easiest sex joke over and oh, over oh, and over. Yeah. So I feel like that is where the, that is where the difference is when you see someone like Sadie or a Bianca yeah. who's got, who's like calculated in a really intelligent way and is, isn't punching down. You're like, yes. oh, that's, that's it. I remember that's I told a Bill Cosby yes. joke at the last show. Yeah. And it just went over <laughs> the entire audience head. Like all your smart jokes. Nobody, go, go I did a whole pudding head. joke. I did a whole pudding joke, and no one got it. And I was just like, "This is how I know that if I was at a comedy club, people would exactly. laugh. But at the gay bar, <laughs> they're not laughing at this." Exactly. Not I to, love. Not, I still love your your Yolanda, Yolanda. reference oh, after a Selena yeah. song, Alan uh, <laughs> Sadie. I should. Which say. I feel like people didn't get that either, and I'm like, they didn't. I, I, we did. Well, but, but <laughs> I feel like they're not. I feel like those crowds. I mean, it's such. It's such a loud. Drag shows are so loud. People are so distracted, and like I just feel like it's a different experience. The yeah. only drag shows I go to are for Sadie Pines, of course, and <laughs> and 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 yeah, I don't know. Like like you don't. I feel like you don't go to tune in. Like yeah. sometimes the yeah, venue yes. you perform at Allen has doors that open to the street and so it's like it's basically open air and it's just it, it, it's hard to focus different space, you know different space yeah well yeah. christy i do want to ask you before we we have to unfortunately yeah. end this i do have to ask you oh, so, by so quickly i know yeah, yeah, I we know. oh my god i just got here you have so you had a great one woman show called it's christy bitch and then <laughs> now in i think what april is it you have a new show yes. that nicole buyer is producing right or presenting yes yes i'm the, i'm really excited it's it's very very different hmm. it's it, it's um about my i lost my mom a couple of years ago and we were so close and it was really sudden and tragic and so it's about and i'm also a christian which is wild um oh, right. Like, that's right so I yeah, oh, I go it's not that oh, wild. Oh, <laughs> You're so well I mean, in New wild York for and... our groups, but like, but yeah, it's not right. that crazy that someone's a Christian. Right, right. No, Sorry, Christy, go ahead. Some circles. What's that basically... like? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and this show, this show is basically about my struggle with my faith. Yeah. Through this grief. Oh, uh, that's in, New, in New York first. Yeah, so I'm doing it for the first time at Littlefield in Brooklyn. Right. Awesome. And I'm really I'm excited. It'll yeah, it's the first time I'm doing it. Um it, it it's really different than my last show. There's just no bells and whistles. It's like, you know, those VH1 like stripped or like acoustic. Sure. That's kind of what yes. it's that's, like that's Rosie Connell in the 80s. Just talking. Just, just, yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you get it, where, you get it. Well, where can people follow you to keep track of it and make sure they go see it in New York when it starts? 
Thank you. Yes, you can follow me at Christy Cello or go to christycello.com. I would love, I would love it if you could come to the show. It should be, and and Matteo Lane's going to be there too. He's opening for me, which is very funny because usually I open for him. Um, And so, yeah, it'll be a really great show. Well, Christy, before you go, I really, really, really need you to say in your best (laughs) voice, H. Allen, you are a dirty little bitch. H. Allen, you are a dirty little bitch. Yes! <laughs> Thank you, Christy. <laughs> Thank you, guys. And another thing. So you guys, I don't know how much you are aware of the disdain I have for the singer Megan Trainer. I'm aware, um, and I have aware. <laughs> I have a differing opinion, but go on. Ugh. Oh, I, listen. I, I get when she had that song all about that bass in whatever 2014. It was like I get it. It's a very viral looking video. It's a good song. It's very catchy. I understood how that became, you know, a huge song. Yeah. yeah. Subsequently, I, I just thought she's very goofy and. I just find her very grating and annoying. Um, and then I remember reading an article <laughs> about how she, her, her aunt married a Trinidadian man. And so she called herself quote, Trini to the bone, oh. which I thought was hilarious. Yikes. But anyway, she sort of has, as in recent years, sort of become less relevant. Her music hasn't really charted. And then recently, what are she you talking made a, about this last year on TikTok? She was all like her song was I don't like thing on TikTok. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying everything before that, the past couple years oh. before this year, her music didn't really wasn't really relevant, didn't mm-hmm. really make any waves. Yeah. But then this year, she she basically returned to her doo-wop thing, her fucking doo-wop aesthetic, and made a song basically for TikTok, designed it for TikTok, and admits as much. Which again, like, listen, you can't, I can't hate the game. Like, Beyonce's she's, doing that. I mean, right, like, I, I get it. You're, you're, you're following the, 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 um, the algorithm. But all that being said, it's a sh- another shitty song that's terrible. Do up uh-huh. did really well on on TikTok. She's and it's she's charted and done really well. But with all that being said, and I know there are people online who are who just find her repugnant. It also it all came to a head this past week. When she released a, tr- a clip of a song called Mother, which we'll add a little here. The fact that Megan Trainer is literally mother right now. I am your mother. You listen to me. Stop all that mansplaining. No one's listening. Tell me who gave you the permission to speak. I am your mother. You listen to me. And it's her, you can, you can hear that she is um, doing the, she is doing the most in terms of like co-opting the gay slash black slash, you know, in a uh, 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 minority experience by taking trap, taking drag and ball culture and like yeah. just making it the most insipid trash possible. And, you know, it, uh, uh, basically she's building this this sampling around of, of all things mr sandman like she's already doing a terrible <laughs> thing to begin with but then she samples mr sandman and basically uh-huh. tries to encompass gay like the gay affinity for calling pop stars like mother you know and that, that uh, also see, i didn't drag. even know that was a thing yeah yeah a- like people 
like it's very drag too. It's people like yeah, call is yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard mother. you guys talk about mother, right? But right. nobody ever that. appoints themselves mother, and yeah. of course this woman is doing just that, and she's putting Chris Jenner in the video. She is so like yeah, my numbers. She, she yeah, exactly. I mean, I I think I have friends in the world of stand up, but you know, still an art form who get the the maddest when they describe a comic who does it like it's math homework. They're, yes. like you said, they're, it's paint by numbers. Yes. And it sounds like she's sort of perfecting this, you know, mosaic of absurdity <laughs> that is the the least like authentic to who mm -hmm. she is or who, or, or who anyone, a singer songwriter would be, but she's just doing it to maximize her profitability down the road. And that's, that's definitely so, gross. Somebody let me throw this out. Let me, let me just throw this out. When yeah. Elliot hates someone like he does Liza Minnelli, for example. I don't I don't hate when Elliot hates someone, he will go to the point like a Megan Trainer, his hatred of Megan Trainer. He'll go ends to the point of the by basically being like, this is why she's racist. She's homophobic. <laughs> she's bad for women. You literally just did a litany of yeah. like she's yeah, I can't. And she is. And keep going. Like, that said, that said, I get it because I love to hate her, too. But I also I, I also think she makes songs that are fucking fantastic. So, for, wait, for drag artists to lip sync. And on top of that, what she does is absolutely, although it's less cool, no different than what a Lady Gaga does. Or for even oh, some people, for some people, not at but all. Some people have accused Beyonce of doing with this last album of possibly appropriating queer tropes and queer culture to sell albums when for a lot and Taylor Swift too for a lot of her career they weren't necessarily with the queer community in a vocal way so like no, I'm just saying she, that there 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 are parallels she, she's white um, Liz she wishes she were white Lizzo Katie Katie Ruth <laughs> Katie Ruth Ashcraft who writes for Jezebel made it oh I I know I know Katie Ruth Ashcraft <laughs> she wrote Megan is a pop star forged from the clearance bin of Charlotte Russe. So true. She, sound, she sounds like Muzak squeezed through the grinding gears of TikTok's algorithm, but in the way some television is designed to be on in the background while you, while you scroll your phone. It's true I, though. I, she uh, is the VH1 reality. Wait, show. so oh, all right, I get we it. all have our we all have our you know biases that we're bringing into this discussion, and I'm oh, going to now I'm going to now drop mine, and I think you guys probably know where this is going to where this is uh, what's what I'm about to say. Elliot, perhaps you should be madder at TikTok for creating an environment That's true. such that this trash can be uh, monetized, replicated, and, yeah. and, and because if she, had a, I don't... if she had a space where they weren't having to create work, this doesn't just go for Megan Trainor. This goes for everybody, including Beyonce and Lady Gaga and everyone else, Ariana Grande, who are making music essentially for social media so that it will go viral in TikTok dances and everything that... If there wasn't that influence on artists in order to be popular within a seven second music reel, then mm -hmm. maybe they could actually, I don't know, make real music and be so good. Does <laughs> like, Megan Trainer have a gay following? Do, like, are there like yes. trainerites at no, gay no. bars? Megan, or... Yes, that's the, Elliot. Yes, there are. Megan, no, Trainor. they're they're all white. They're all it's all white women and basic. Oh, gay, it's gay not. Guys. You have not been yes. at a gay bar then recently in the past. They, they years. gay people don't like. They know they they see. I think they see right through it. And her music is not. It's lip syncable, but it's so poor. It's, a, it's so lowbrow that I don't. I don't it's see anybody joke. And that's the thing. Like that. And, oh. And that's just it, is that like, 
we get that it is lowbrow and it's poppy and it's whatever it's bubblegum but it's like kids bop it's bubblegum but that said because a drag performer can get out there and and perform and also in her new video she put in chris jenner lip syncing the song which is again something that ariana grande did for 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 her past video i forget which one it was thank you next which is another song that was made for social media so it's like i get ariana's ariana grande is better than megan trainer and megan trainer is a joke i'm okay with that but i'm also okay with an artist being a joke because sometimes just have fun with it oh i i think she i think you know i think she's in on the joke i i and i think she no i don't think she's dumb and i and i also don't think she's a bad songwriter I just find her so cloying. What you need and to the laugh music at that about she chooses her, to write. What's funny about her? The music is whatever. It's music that doesn't is not great music, but it's fun to be stupid with and make fun of. That said, what is funny about her is that so when the album came out, because you know she needed relevancy, she had this this fucking like gay TikToker who is like a popular TikTok person on her essentially payroll to be her friend. <laughs> so that. <sighs> So that the song wouldn't necessarily go viral on TikTok, which is just like, you know, that that, hate, that hate to the me game, is... don't hate the player. But like at the same time, I'm like, this this everyone loves making fun of this dude now because he was essentially paid to be her friend. That is so fucking depressing to me. Like again, I'm welcome to the world. Media. But as also, it's like it's just it's it means nothing. It matters in no way. She matters in no way. She will never win a Grammy. And that's kind she's of already what, won a Grammy. She was she won the Grammy for Best New Artist in 2014. Well, then, yeah. then you might be needing to reassess some of your hatred then if the industry is saying <laughs> best so new it, it also sounds like the next time Elliot has a gentleman over, he will not be putting putting any <laughs> Megan Trainer CDs on his boombox before boom box. they meet CDs in the bedroom. Boom box. <laughs> CDs on a boombox. Now that's <laughs> that's Elliot, the stretch. Dude, I'm looking at your boombox right now. It's 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 not even <laughs> actually uh, looking closer. It's not even CDs. It's just like cassette tapes in there. What would your aunt say? Brent, what would your aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's show? Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't have time to listen. I'm still so tired from attending every meeting at CPAC this week. <laughs> <laughs> My Aunt Joanne would say, you know, for a Goyam, I, I really do like the sound of Christy Cello. <laughs> <laughs> How about Aunt Anne? My Aunt Anne would say, I'm just like Christy and Megan. I'm a Christian. That's all about that babe. <laughs> <laughs> I love Aunt Anne. I Aunt love Aunt, Aunt Joanne as a friend. Guys, I don't care. Patreon. Where, oh, they, where do they go, Brent? Where do they go? Patreon.com slash you're making it worse. It's exclusively where you can see Elliot Glazer's nudes. <laughs> well, you can the hear about my place penis. You can... Yeah, we'll the talk only... about his penis on this. Yeah, week. we are. We're talking about yeah. Elliot's penis yeah. for yeah. a brief period, but like, not, not brief, the whole time. Minutes. 45 minutes, yeah. And then once Elliot started moaning, we stopped. Yeah, we had God. to. <laughs> we had to. <laughs>